As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to another episode of Your Next Favorite Movie. I'm your host, Josh G. And today we are concluding Best Month Ever with a Vengeance as we (laughs) welcome Liam onto the show. Welcome back, buddy. Hey, thank you very much. Hello, folks. It's glad to be back. So as we always start off, I'll let you do your little spill. Tell everyone a little bit about Best Film Ever. Uh, Best Film Ever came about with just me and Ian, really. Uh, We used to go to the movies. We still go to the movies a lot. And um, we'd sit, we'd be those annoying people that would sit in the credits just talking. What do you think of that? Oh my God, what do you think of that? And all that. And um, and then he approached me one day and he went, do you think we should do a podcast? I went, what the hell's a podcast? <laughs> and he went, well, you just basically talk onto microphones and record it. And I was like, yeah, okay, it sounds good. And that's where it all started. Best film ever came that way. And uh, COVID hit like a week after the first one we did. And Ian's girlfriend then started being on the podcast and other people started doing Zooms. And, you know, next thing you know, the two of us ended up being uh, quite a group of us. And I think that's better for it, to be fair. And because uh, having two, two males at the same age, I think we're very um, alike in certain ways and not in others. But with having different age groups, you know, different um, male and female on the podcast, I think it helps. It helps a lot you know, different perspectives. Sometimes it causes more controversy than others, but you know, it's, it's, it's part of the listeners, isn't it? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I would say this, cause it's, it's, it's important for today's episode because you guys do give the deep dive treatment, right? Oh yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So this- and that was a conscious decision from the start. Right. So, uh, and we, and we knew we were going to run long, but we didn't realize how long we would run and would people listen you know, would they actually have the attention to listen for two to four hours sometimes? <laughs> and they do. So that's great. That's important today because you guys, obviously my show's short. We'll get into it here in just a minute. But if you want the deep dive treatment, head over to Best Film Ever because you guys have covered this because it was one of your picks as well. It was, yeah. And that was the one I brought to the table as well. Uh, this is a film that had always stuck with me as a kid. My dad loved this movie. And so when he showed it to me, I was just like, oh my God, because schools from the the sixties to the eighties hasn't really changed much. So when you look at their classroom, that was very much like my classroom back in the eighties, you know, it was 20 years, you know, not much had changed. And so I could relate to it quite a lot, you know, going through high school, there's so many characters in this film that are like other people, you know, or can associate with. And I think that's the big draw for it. And there's always that one teacher that will always help and go that little extra for certain pupils or the downtrodden pupils. And that's really great. And for if you didn't pay attention to the title, of course, we are talking about To Sir With Love. If you wanted the sky, I would The wildest set of young rebels London ever produced. Sidney Poitier in a role worthy of his Academy Award talents. To Sir with Love in Technicolor. Yeah. All right. So tell about the first time you've seen it. 
Okay, when I first saw it, I was probably 10, that sort of age, um, 10, 11. And even then, it, it sort of spoke to me. And I've watched it periodically through the years. I mean, I've, I must have seen this film 12 times. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great little movie. Uh, it's got Sidney Poitier in it, you know, one of the great American actors. And, you know, who paved the way for people like Denzel Washington and all these other different people, you know, I mean, amazing, amazing, amazing guy. And then you've got these like <laughs> British people in it that are just like kids who don't really know who Sidney Poitier is. And I met Lulu recently oh, wow. um, in my hometown. And I said to her about this, I said, I love this movie. And I had the book and I asked her to sign it for me and she did. And I said, what was Sidney Poitier like? And she was like, she said this great actor being there she said you felt intimidated but he put you at ease just so easily and she said within a few days everybody was just like just dropping into their roles and she said you didn't really realize how good this guy was until years later because you're just kids you're just having fun so yeah good fun i'm glad i'm glad i met her and i'm glad she told me a little bit about him so i thought there was a connection Oh, yeah, uh, yeah that, that, that's a cool experience to have, actually, especially when it's a movie that you grew up with and love to be able to meet someone from it. That's, that's Absolutely. Really cool. And I went one of these kids that did really well in high school. So I, I resonated with it a bit more because there was a there was one particular teacher that helped me a lot. So and that that helps. You know, I think when you can resonate with a film and when you can, we always say it on the podcast, you know, I'm one of these people who stick myself in the movie. <laughs> I'm not one of these fly on the walls and watch it. That's why I get so passionate about things and why things affect me so much. And that's why I love this movie. So you've definitely talked around it, but for anyone unsure, tell everyone what this one is about. It's basically about a guy, um, American guy who's come to England and he wants to be an engineer. And he's waiting to get a job, but he's, he's a black guy in the 60s and there's still a bit of prejudice. Not much like you would have expected in America that there is in England, but there's still prejudice about. And he takes a job uh, for a, a year just to teach a, a, in a school. And that's a down and out school. And when I mean that, I mean, it's just like um, uh, pover, poverished, poverished kids, impoverished kids. And... Um, so they're a bit of a handful, but he knows how to talk to them and he knows um, how to get them and how to uh, understand and educate them. Where I think a lot of teachers back then just went, this is the chalkboard, write it down, copy, paste, that sort of stuff. So um, it wasn't, and he, he came at it at a different angle because he wasn't a teacher to start with. And you see his struggles with um, the society around him and you see the how people respect him as well, uh, mainly his teachers and his peers and the children become to, to do the same thing. And he finally gets the job that he wants and he's going to leave the school. And you realize how much of an impact he made on the school and he has to make a choice. Does he go off and do the job that he trained for or does he stay in the school and he chooses to stay? And oh, give me goosebumps already. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's a great, great, great little film. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, talk, talk a little bit more about why it means so much to you. Because I'm, I'm getting it. I'm getting it from that. But 
It means a lot to me because, like I said, I was one of these kids who was a little disruptive in, in school. And I weren't your normal kid where I, I learn through just copying text. I have to have different ways of learning. So if you make it a little bit more fun or work with me, I mean, Ian does it a lot with me. I mean, he's a teacher and we're friends, but we do Amdram together. And he'll say to me, well, you know, we did uh, Twelfth Night for instance, and I'm not a Shakespeare fan at all. I don't know how to speak Shakespeare. I don't know. I don't know how to do it. And he cast me in one of his productions and I was like, I just don't, I don't know how to do this. I, I, why did you cast me? And for the half of the show while we rehearsed, I was like, dude, just, just drop me, get somebody else, do this. But he didn't bless him. He stuck with me and he said, right, if that's not working, we'll do this. If that's not working, we'll try this. And he tried every avenue until eventually I knew that show inside out. I knew that show better than anybody on that stage. I knew where I was, what I was doing, what the scene was about, what my character was about. And that was all due to his help and coaching me through. And that's just like being in high school. They teachers need to understand certain pupils aren't all the same. We're all different. And you know, that's what I love. That's what I love about this film. I love, I love that some teacher took me aside in high school and said, look, we'll teach you different. We'll, we'll be, you know, you are different. Okay. I didn't have great grades, but I still achieved more than I thought I was going to achieve. And that's the same with this. And I, I think it's just knowing how to, to understand children and know that they're not all the same. And this film shows you how he tackles those situations and how he gets around the worst of the worst of the kids and how they respect him towards the end and what he means to them. So, yeah. All right, no, no. Sorry, Great. I just talked too no, much. <laughs> no, you're good. I love it. You're good. No so, worries. So to hear more of Liam's deepest thoughts about all the things within the film itself, as I said before, head over best film ever. Because now we're getting into what makes my show different. And that's the fun stuff that I call it as we talk about. First off, and this movie sets itself up where you could easily do it. Not that I'm saying it would be good. And that is, what would you have liked to have seen in a sequel back then of course well the thing is there there has been a sequel since oh um, i did not know that yeah two sir will love two um that didn't come out until the 90s i believe i've only ever seen it once because it was dreadful um <laughs> it's, yeah okay uh, it's sydney Poirier again um but this time it's set in in new york i think in america or one one big city in america anyway i think it's new york and he comes back to teach and is teaching the kids of the nineties, you know, how there's a gun problem, gun culture and how they have security at the doors and stuff. So everything is completely different to what you'd see in the first one, but it didn't, didn't quite resonate with me that one at all. I couldn't, couldn't get into that. Even though I'm a, a child of the nineties, eighties and nineties, I just couldn't, couldn't gel with that one. But for me, if I want a sequel, um, I don't think, this film lends itself to be a sequel without repeating itself. Right. You know, because I, I, each, no, school year, each school year would be the same, wouldn't it? The, the, they even show you at the end of this film, yes. these kids breaking into the, into the classroom and they go, you got me next year, sir. You know, right. given all the attitude and you're like, just like Denim did in the first, <laughs> in yep. the first year, you know? So I just think it was just repeat itself. This film lends itself just to be a one-off movie and that's it. Yeah, no, that, that's why I said, I mean, it set it up where you could easily do it, but it wouldn't, 
be anything you could do with it that's new. Like Not you really. Said, it would be a rehash every time. I yeah, agree. Yeah, I agree yeah, with that yeah. completely. Yeah. And as far as that second one, man, <laughs> I haven't seen it. And this is unfortunate just because of where we're where I'm at in the United States. But yeah, that yeah. would that would probably resonate pretty heavily now with yeah, the gun, yeah. with the gun problem. Yeah, absolutely. Because the, the amount of shootings we have at schools here in the states <sighs> is yeah, that it's would probably mind, be a scary blowing. watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like I say, I only ever watched it once, um, and I was ex- excited to watch it. You know, but. Uh, it just didn't resonate the same as the the first one. So yeah, even okay. having the pull of the Sydney Poitier in it, <laughs> and I think um, I, if my memory serves, I think Judy Geeson turns up at the end, but I'm not 100 percent sure. So yeah, she's the one who played Pamela. Right. No, I actually surprisingly, I was like, man, she looks familiar, and the reason I knew her is she's been in a couple Rob Zombie films in the last Has 10 she? years. Wow. So I was like, that face looks familiar, but I can't quite place <laughs> it. And I looked her up. I said, that's why I know her as a much older lady. Yeah. But yeah, I could tell that I recognized something in that face. When I saw her, I was like, yeah. oh, yep, Absolutely. Rob Zombie. She's been in Rob Zombie movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that, that blows my mind because I'm not used to seeing her in films like that. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I, I definitely remembered her in 31 and yeah, Lords of Salem. Those are the two I remembered her in. So, oh, wow. There we are, Judy Geeson. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> let's get into the thing that I don't think will happen, but could happen. And that would be the modern day remake. And oh, yeah. I hadn't thought about this. Oh, who would we have? I guess as he paved the way for people like Denzel Washington, Denzel is that age if not a little bit older to play the character but i think i think he'd uh, i think he'd do it justice he understands he understands certain ways of acting he understands certain things that sydney poitier uh gave to the role and i think he would give just as good if not better but um kids wise yeah that's definitely a lot more difficult oh geez isn't it um I'm not very good with, uh, maybe, maybe Tom Holland or somebody like that. Who's quite still quite current who could, um, but I think he'd be, instead of being more of a, a denim character, I think he'd be more of a, a middle character. He'd be someone, I don't know. Oh, what's that young lad's called? Name forgives me. The one who, the one who gets beaten up, uh, by the teacher almost. Uh, oh, I forget his name. Anyway, he, yeah. he's a uh, he's um. I think he'd be more that character. Um, for someone who's, I guess, see, problem is I'm not very good with young actors today. Right. <laughs> so I am always thinking of people that from the nineties, two thousands, who are way too old to play those parts now. So I. I'm going to give you the easy answer that pretty much anytime I have young roles come up, this is what people say. Oh, probably someone off Stranger Things. And then they just leave it at that. (laughs) That sounds about right. But I've not seen Stranger Things, so I I can't really. Oh, yeah. So you can't even jump to that. Okay. I can't even jump to that. No. That's what what so many people jump to if it's young. I don't know young actors. Someone off Stranger Things. (laughs) 
Yeah, young actors are hard for me because, again, I don't really know. It's a bit different when you're growing up in an era. When you're growing up in the 80s and 90s and you're watching young films like Goonies, you know, and stuff like that, you you put yourself in that situation and you see them as you're growing up, you know, Lost Boys, you know, that sort of stuff. Right. Um, I'm not used to watching kids' films or younger films now as an adult, where when I was a child I was, so it's harder for me to think of younger actors I'm thinking more, right. you know, 30 plus, yep. <laughs> which couldn't play these parts. No, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be good. I think the best example I've ever had, I had someone on to do Scream and she, oh, she was me. above Scream. She was a teenager. She was actually 19 and she would help write stories for Fangoria. So she knew wow. everyone. So she was yeah, actually yeah. able to cast it with young people that I'd, wow. I I don't think I knew a single name that she said because I'm not <laughs> up to date. I don't think I would either. <laughs> I was like, I don't know any of these people, but at least you're actually casting it differently than most would. So, yeah. All right. I want you to take time and do that one final pitch on why someone should take a chance on this movie if they haven't. Everyone, um, I think, you know, you have your 100 best films ever that people have on a poster. For me, this is one of those films. Everybody I know has been through high school. Everyone's had a different experience through high school. And like I mentioned on our podcast, Best Film Ever last week, <laughs> during Saving Private Ryan, I said, like the Spice Girls, there's always someone you can associate with and what makes it good. It's the same with this. Do So With Love will have a character in it that you will feel resonated with you at some point. So I think when that pulls you in, that is why you will enjoy the movie because there's certain aspects of the film you'll enjoy and understand through that character, whichever character it is. And it's a great movie. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So just Sidney have... Poitier, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's great. He's great. Amazing. You watch the body of work that guy's done and to see that he does this little British film, Amazing. So, and out of my own curiosity, so if anybody tunes into Best Film Over, they'll learn about this poster Liam referenced. Is this movie on that poster that you guys have? No, it's not. No. Okay. I wasn't sure. I I, I don't know all the films on that poster because obviously there's different versions of the 100 movies. There are different versions. And there's things that we've never heard of ourselves on the poster. So that'd be interesting to see those. Okay. You know, some, some foreign films with subtitles, which I, I struggle with. <laughs> Because trying you, to parasite, re- oh, dreadful movie. I, say, I love parasite. That's why I said I love parasite. <laughs> I hate it in every which way, but <laughs> but just just trying. Um, I've got nothing against foreign films because there's some great foreign films out there. I just wish they'd dub them for me <laughs> because I miss what's going on and the feel of it because I'm too busy reading, and I'm not one of these quick readers that can quickly filter it through. I mean, I'm not one that's ever going to push for this, but most have an option where you can turn on a dub, I think. Oh, really? Especially on physical media. I'm not sure with the streaming all the time, though. Maybe. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, if it's on Netflix, they normally have options for an English dub. I was watching a film last night, actually, called The Last Mercenary, I think. I think that was dubbed. Well, most of it was dubbed. <laughs> right. And the only problem is you might not even get it. I, I, I watched a French film and about halfway through, I turned on the dub, but left on the subtitles. Oh, okay. Just to see. I wanted to see what it was like. And they weren't even matching up. The, what really? they were saying was not matching up to what was on the subtitles. So I wow. don't even know which one's correct. 
That's nuts. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I say over that or I've got to learn every single language going <laughs> so that I can understand it. <laughs> All right, Liam, let's go wrap it up. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you or the podcast, anything else you want to show out? Uh, you can find me and all my friends on uh, Best Film Ever at Podbean, I think it is. Yeah, <laughs> he's giving me the thumbs up. <laughs> on any search engine, if you type in Best Film Ever Pod and we'll come up. We're a, you can't miss us. We're a red and white logo and it just pops. So, yeah, I love the logo. <laughs> it's a great little thing. Ian came up with that just like on the spot. And he's always questioning what he did. He went, oh, maybe I should tweak this. Maybe I should do this. I was like, no, 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 no. Leave it. Leave it. I love it. It's great. <laughs> the colors and everything. But yeah. So you can find us anywhere on any platform. There you go. And as always, you can follow me at YNF MoviePod, most active on Twitter. And you can just go to linktr.ee slash YNF MoviePod. You can find YouTube channel, my letterbox, so you can see what I'm watching that's not being covered on the show. And next week, we... Well, I'm not sure what's coming next week yet, so I'm not going to say that. But leave it as a surprise for right now. So until then, you guys take care, and I will talk to you next time. <laughs>